Well, mothers, we do pray this morning that this service will be a encouragement to you, that it will be a time of challenge, a time of inspiration for you, uh, a special day. I know there are some churches where sometimes the pastor just goes on with a regular series on a different subject on Mother's Day and Father's Day, but here at First Baptist we have always tried to put a special emphasis on these days because we think uh, and believe biblically that the home is a centerpiece of what it, God is doing around the world along with the church um, and that we are partners together for the sake of the gospel. And with that thought in mind, I would like you to take your Bibles this, mer- this morning and turn to Titus chapter 2 and verses 3 through 5. Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. Now, we are not going to get off on a different subject from the series that I've been preaching on, but I do want to make this part of that series, an unusual thing that it actually works right into the series I'm preaching. If you're visiting with us this morning, as I know we often have many visitors on Mother's Day, I am taking the entire year of 2017 and asking the question biblically, what is a disciple? What is a disciple? The word disciple is used so casually, thrown around so often that we often uh, don't really stop to think about the meaning of it. What is a disciple? If I say I'm a disciple of Jesus, what does that mean? And we've been looking at that ever since January. And this morning, I want to ask the question, what does it mean for a mother to be a disciple? Because you are a disciple You moms here this morning, you are, and we are so grateful for you, and you are so precious in God's sight. I want you to see yourself as a disciple. Now, in just a little over a month, on June 18th, will be Father's Day, and we'll look at what does it mean for a father to be a disciple. And so we get to really take these two important parts of the family and look at them within approximately the period of one month. So Mother's Day today and fathers as a disciple on June 18th. Well, let me read what Paul writes, the Apostle Paul, to Titus as he pastors the church. And this is what he says in Titus chapter 2 and verses 3 through 5. Older women, older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands that the word of God may not be reviled. Well, our first point this morning is motherhood and the glory of God. This morning we are going to look at biblical commands for older women and younger women in the church, commands that can only be obeyed through the power of Christ in us. We spent a lot of time in this series looking at what it means to have Christ in us and how important that is to discipleship. And mothers, I want you to know you cannot be a mother. I really appreciated what Craig prayed this morning. You cannot be a godly mother without the power of Christ in you. Can't do it. Actually, we're going to look at commands this morning that you can't obey on your own. 
We're going to look at commands this morning that you can't obey on your own. You can only obey them through the indwelling Holy Spirit, through the residence of Jesus Christ within you. And I want you to know this morning that a godly woman, a godly mother, lives her life with the gospel as her foundation. A godly woman, a godly mother, lives her life with the gospel as her foundation. David Platt, the president of the International Mission Board for the Southern Baptist Convention, is fond of saying, and maybe some of you have even heard him say this before, he says that the gospel is not just one of the classes that you take when you learn about Christianity. The gospel is the very foundation of the Christian faith. The gospel is the foundation on which the entire Christian life is built. And first and foremost, above all things, moms, you need to know that if you have trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, what he accomplished for you in his death and resurrection is not just a good thing in your life. It is everything in your life. It is the most important part of your life. You need to know that he did everything necessary to accomplish your salvation in his death and resurrection. You were unworthy and undeserving of his salvation. You were under his eternal condemnation and judgment. But when you trusted him as Savior and as Lord, you became his. And he gave his life to you. He now lives in you. You are showered with his covenant love. And he loves you and protects you and watches over you with an everlasting love. And he will never, moms, I want you to know, he will never give you a command unless he also gives you the power to obey it. He will never give you a command unless he gives you the power to obey it and you have that power living within you through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So mom, you are a disciple of Jesus. Every mom needs to know that no matter what your age is, younger or older, he is your Lord, he is your master, he is your savior, he is your, as we just sang, he is your all and all. And Moms, Jesus wants to be your greatest joy. He wants to be the thing that thrills your heart, your soul, your mind more than anything else. He wants to be the greatest pleasure in your life. He wants to be the treasure hidden in the field for which a man went and sold everything he had and bought that field. A godly woman, a godly mother is dying to herself every day that Christ might live through her and shine through her. A verse that we have used a lot in this series already and will continue to use is Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's put our moms in there this morning. A Christian mom has been crucified with Christ. She no longer lives, but Christ lives in her. The life she lives in the body, she lives by faith in the Son of God who loved her and gave himself for her. So first, a godly woman, a godly mother, lives her life with the gospel as her foundation. A companion thought to go along with that, a godly woman, a godly mother, loves her husband and loves her children first and foremost for the glory of God. Of all the reasons she loves her husband, of all the reasons she loves her children, she loves them first and foremost for the glory of God. 
The purpose of a Christian home is to put the glory of God on display to make teaching about our God and Savior attractive. If you remember nothing else this morning, I want you to remember this, moms. I want you to remember that the purpose of the home is to show forth, the purpose of a Christian home is to show forth the beauty of Jesus and to make the gospel attractive by the way we raise our family. It is to make Christ beautiful and to make the gospel attractive by the way that you raise your family. I want to say three things about the commands that we are going to look at this morning. First of all, I want you to know, moms, that the commands that we are going to look at this morning are despised by this world. We are looking at some commands that in the world's eyes are controversial, they're outdated, they're out of touch, they're archaic, and some would go so far to say that they're oppressive to women. Okay, we're going to look at some controversial commands in the eyes of this culture and in the eyes of, of this world. Second, we are going to look at some commands that are not easy to obey. This is not a, this is not a Nike sermon, just do it. Okay? This is a surrender to Christ sermon. This is a run to the cross sermon. And trust Christ because without him you can't do it. But this is at the heart of what it means to be a disciple. Even though these commands are despised by the world, even though these commands are hard to obey, you love Jesus more than you love life itself. He is your master. He is the one you go to every day and you want to obey him. You believe that his commands are the very wisdom of God and you believe that it is best for you, best for your husband, best for your home. And so you seek with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength to obey these commands because these are the commands of the lover of your soul. These are the commands of Jesus. And that's what it means to be a disciple. There is a third thing I want you to know about these commands. These commands that we are going to look at transcend all cultures in every part of the world. It is a beautiful thing. These commands that we are going to look at are for mothers in St. John's, Michigan and in Clinton County. But these commands equally apply in all of their force, in all of their power to Christian mothers in Shanghai, China, to Christian mothers in Hanoi, Vietnam, to Christian mothers in Buenos Aires, Argentina, to Christian mothers in Cairo, Egypt, or whatever other cities around the world we could possibly name and there is something wonderful about this moms I want you to know I want you to know that on this very day on this 14th day of May 2017 that you are standing together with your mothers your Christian mothers your sisters in Christ you are standing together with them in every part of the world wanting to make Christ look beautiful and the gospel attractive by the way that you raise your families you are linked arm in arm spirit in spirit all over the world you by the way you raise your children, by the way you love and submit to your husband, you want to make Christ so beautiful and you want to make the gospel so attractive. 
Well, that brings us to our second point this morning, which is really the heart of the sermon, and that is older women and younger women. Now, these categories are not definitive here. It really carries the thought that if you are, have raised your kids, if they are now adults, so you could be in your late 40s, anywhere to 95, and be one of the older women, and younger women, There is no definitive category. It is the thought that you have smaller children. So you could be anywhere from 19 years old to 50 years old. Maybe you're in your late 30s or early 40s and have um, young children. And you are considered here one of the younger women. It is the older mothers really helping, discipling, training the younger mothers. First, the older women. Older women in Bible-believing churches are to disciple the younger women in their local church. Again, in verse 3, in the second part of verse 4, it says, Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women. Now, this is the very heart of what we call discipleship. It is those who are older in the faith, more experienced in the faith, training those who are younger, less experienced in the things of Christ, in the Christian life. They want to mentor them. They want to come alongside of them. They want to help them. They want to guide them. And older women here this morning, older moms, I will say, There is a huge burden upon your shoulders because there is a huge assumption here. And that assumption is that the older women in a congregation, in a church, are spiritually mature and willing to share their life and learning with the younger women. It means that the commands you're asking the younger women to obey, you are already obeying them in your own life. There are four commands given to the older women in the church. First, older women are to be reverent in behavior. Reverent here is the word holiness. It is the thought that the older women are going to teach the younger women what it means to be holy and what it means to walk every day before a holy God, to walk in the fear of the Lord, the reverential fear of the Lord, to want to exalt him, to want to praise him, to want to worship him, to want to obey him, to be afraid to sin against him because it would dishonor his holiness. You are teaching them, moms, older moms, you are teaching them what it means to be a worshiping mother, not just in the church service, but in every area of life. Second, older women are not to be slanderers or slaves to much wine. This is a sensitive subject here. But in studying this, this tends to be something that is somewhat universal, if not careful. If not careful, older women in the church as they grow older can easily become gossips, backbiters, and critics of the church, critics of the church leadership. That if they are not careful in their walk with Christ, They find themselves as busybodies just gossiping behind people's backs and talking about all the things they find wrong. And Paul is saying to Titus, teach those older women not to do that. 
let them the opposite of this would be to speak to the glory of God. That's the opposite of not to be slanderers, is to speak to the glory of God, to speak in such a way that you build up other people, to speak in such a way that you build up the church. One writer said this, and this is convicting to all of us, men and women. If what you say does not bring glory to God, then don't say it. That is a convicting thought. Every single person here, including myself, that is a convicting thought. Let everything you say be said to the glory of God, and if it isn't, don't say it. And it says, don't be slaves to much wine. It it means do not let your fleshly desires that you seek to gratify control you. It could be an addiction to alcohol. It could be an addiction to drugs. It could be an addiction to gossip or slandering or criticism. We are not, we are not to be slaves to those things that could be addictions in our lives that could cause us harm, could cause us to harm the body of Christ or to do a disservice to his church. Rather, the third command is the older women are to teach what is good. What a beautiful thought. The older women in the church are to teach the younger women what is good. And what is good here is a reference to the word of God. Teach them what the word of God says. Show them how delightful it is to obey and to study and to delight in the word of God. Teach them what a righteous life looks like. Teach them what it means to follow Christ and to love him as the greatest joy and treasure of your life. And then the fourth is really a summary of the first three. And it says in verse four, and so train the young women. And so train the young women. It is assumed that you are to take the initiative, older mothers, to train the younger mothers in the church. And there are two words that really describe train the younger women, and it is make disciples. Make disciples. That's what the older are to do with the younger. You are to disciple them in the things of God. To show them by example, to teach them as you converse with them. Maybe it's one-on-one. Maybe it's in a small group. Maybe it's in a class setting. But you are teaching them what it means to be a godly wife and a godly mother. And above all, what it means to be a godly woman. What it means to live for Christ in this culture and in this life. Then the turn is to younger women. Young women in Bible-believing churches are to be humble and teachable, yearning to learn from the older women in their local church. And so this, in a special way, is for you young mothers who are here today. There are seven commands to you. We're actually going to look at them in six parts Because the first command and the seventh command really go together, and I'm going to look at them together. First of all, first two commands are this. Young women are to love their husbands and be submissive to their own husbands. They are to love their husbands, and they are to be submissive to their husbands. Boy, this is the part that the world really doesn't like. Interesting here that young moms are called to love their husbands before they are called to love their children. 
They're called to love their husbands before they are called to love their children, and here's why. Moms, if you don't love your husband, and if you don't respect your husband, I guarantee you, I guarantee you your kids will pick up on it. They will. We often say kids are smarter than we think they are. And oh, they are. Oh, they see more than we think they see. They learn more than we think they learn. They're pretty smart. And if you don't love your husband and you don't respect your husband, they're going to pick up on it. They will. I don't hear it as much anymore, but I remember years ago, Dr. James Dobson and others used to say on a regular basis, the best thing that a father can do for his children is to love their mother. And the best thing that a mother can do for her children is to love their father. And that is true. And you are to submit to gladly and joyfully and willingly to his leadership, especially his spiritual leadership. Now, I know these are not easy. And I know right away, I know right away some of you are thinking privately, you don't know my husband. And you're right, I don't. I only know that these are the commands of the Lord. But this is not easy. For some of you moms here this morning, maybe your husband is not taking the leadership in the home that he should be. And guys, that's something we need to constantly, constantly work at. None of us are exempt. No matter what our personality or background, we are to be spiritual leaders in our home. But let me say this to you moms. Sometimes your husband doesn't lead because you don't let him lead. If he's just a little bit passive or a little bit indecisive, you jump in and automatically take the leadership role. I say to you, I say to you, you need to let him grow. You need to let him mature. You need to be very patient with him as he grows in this area of your life so you can joyfully submit to his leadership as his partner, as his lover, the one who wants him to lead. And again, I know here this morning, I know that there are some husbands in this room who are not easy to love. In fact, I think we could say every husband in this room is not easy to love. Yes, yeah, thank you for that amen, yes. <laughs> Guys, we're not easy to love. We aren't. And here's why. Because by nature, we are sinful, selfish, and self-centered. We are. We are not easy to love. And we need to work at that. We'll talk more about that on Father's Day. <laughs> but I want to be sensitive here this morning. I know for some of you moms here, this isn't funny. You may be in a very difficult situation with your husband. He may legitimately be very hard to love and to submit to. And I just want to encourage you. This is why the gospel is the foundation. As best as you know how, at this time in your life, you need to try in the power of Christ, in the power of the cross, to love him and to submit to him as best as you can at this point. And God will honor you. This is the wisdom of the Lord. God will honor you. Well, the next command is young women are to love their children. There is something absolutely supernatural and amazing 
about a mother's love for her children. I think it is one of the most amazing things in all of human relationships. The way that I see mothers love their children. But I know sometimes children are not easy to love. Sometimes there are children who are extraordinarily strong-willed, who have an especial, uh, how do I say, especially strong bent toward disobedience, maybe more than the average child. And yet, in your motherly love, you are called to love them, to nurture them, to care for them, to be their protector, to defend them, to watch over them. And older mothers, this is a place where you can really help the younger mothers and where younger mothers need to listen. The older mothers can tell you, no matter how hard you work at this, it is possible as your children grow older that some of them may break your heart. And some of them may cause you great grief and pain. And you are to love them anyway. No matter what fires and trials they may take you through, you are called by God to love your children, not just your little children, but your teenage children and your adult children, because you are a mom in God's sight, as he created you to be. The next command is young women are to be self-controlled. This means that you are always on the guard. You are to guard your heart. The Bible says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. You are to guard your mind. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is lovely and admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, you are to think on these things. Philippians 4.8, you are to be a woman of clean thoughts, of godly thoughts, of God-word thoughts. You are to guard your body, for it is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It means you are to always be on guard in every area of your own Christian life. One writer said this, Moms, how can you discipline your children if you're not disciplining yourself? How can you discipline your children if you're not disciplining your own Christian life? In Proverbs 25, 28, it says, like a city whose walls are broken down. I don't have this on the screen. Just share it with you. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a mother who lacks self-control. In ancient cities, when their walls would break down, when they would crumble, the enemy could get in easily, could infiltrate that city. And that's the thought here. If you let your guard down, moms, the enemy will come and he will attack at various and different points of your Christian life. Next, it says that young women are to be pure. This carries the thought of moral purity, of sexual purity. And I love the thought as I studied through this as a word. It means to be radically faithful to God and your husband. It means to be radically faithful to God and to your husband. We have worked hard over the last few years, probably more than ever, to really address the issue of online pornography with men. 
And we have talked to our men extensively about this, not only in church services, but in other things. And we are going to continue to hit that heart because, hard because online pornography is destroying Christian men and it's destroying Christian homes. I may have shared this with you before. Ladies, you need to know this. The fastest growing demographic in online pornography is women. It is women. But it may not be online pornography. Maybe there are some moms here today and you're fantasizing about other men. You're fantasizing wishing your husband was somebody else. That he's not the man that you thought he was going to be. You need to guard your heart. You need to come to the cross. You need to go to Christ and say, help me, help me to be radically, morally faithful to my husband. The next command, women, young women are to care for their home. They are to care for their home. It says in the ESV, working at home, the parallel verse in 1 Timothy 5.14 is, Young women are to manage their households, but it carries the thought of caring for your home. Here's the thought, that a mother, that a mother is to see that she has a God-given responsibility to create a God-centered home. That she has a God-given responsibility to create a God-centered home. Now, uh, let me touch on a delicate subject here. This phrase, working at home, does not mean, it does not mean that every Christian mom has to be a stay-at-home mom. Now, let me hasten to say, it is a wonderful thing if you are able to be a stay-at-home mom. It has many advantages. My wife was a stay-at-home mom when our children were growing up. It can be a wonderful thing, but it does not mean that every Christian mom has to be a stay-at-home mom. I know I'm talking to some moms here today who work outside the home. I know I'm talking to some single moms who have no choice but to work outside the home. You can work outside the home with God's strength and help and still create a God-centered home. We think of Proverbs 31, which is often referenced on Mother's Day. If you read through the Godly woman of Proverbs 31, she bought and sold property. She made linen garments and sashes and sold them to the merchants. She was a very industrious, productive woman. John MacArthur says, if you just see this as being a stay-at-home mom, you're missing the point. It is the care for your home, which is the main thought here. So whether you are a stay-at-home mom or a mom who happens to work outside the home, God wants you to see that you have a God-given responsibility and privilege to create a God-centered home. And then lastly, the last command is young women are to be kind. Young mothers are to be kind. It means that you do good to others, that you are always seeking to do good to others. You seek to do good to your husband. You seek to do good to your children. And you seek to do good to others. That a godly mother is characterized by kindness. One of the things that I despise in men, in dads, that I've shared before, is when they are dominant, controlling dictators in their home. And ladies, that is equally as bad when it happens with a mom. 
If you are a mom who has tendencies to be domineering and controlling and dictating, you need to put on kindness through the power and strength of Christ. You need to show your husband, your children, and those around you kindness because that is the characteristic that God calls you to. So older women here this morning. There's a huge assumption here. That if you're going to train the younger women to obey these commands, that you're already obeying these commands. It's a big responsibility. Younger women. These are the commands of Scripture. These are the commands of the Lord. This is the wisdom of God that he longs for you to obey. And remember, and remember, you stand together with your sisters in Christ, Christian mothers all around the world who are working with you, who are working together with you, who are bonded together with you to make Jesus beautiful and to make the gospel attractive by the way they raise their family. There's one more clause here and then we'll close, one very important clause in this passage. At the end of this passage, the Apostle Paul gives us the reason that these commands are so important, so that the word of God may not be reviled. You see that at the end of verse 5? So that the word of God may not be reviled, so that people will not speak negatively and critically about the word of God. Let me say again, a godly woman, a godly mother, loves her husband and loves her children first and foremost for the glory of God. Oh, she loves them for lots of reasons, but she loves them first and foremost that she might glorify God in her love for them. The purpose of the Christian home is to put the glory of God on display, to make the teaching about our God and Savior so attractive. So ladies, ladies, as we close this morning, how you live, how you live in relation to your husband, how you live in relation to your children is to be done in such a way that no one will malign or disrespect the word of God. That the people of our culture around us will see the effect of the gospel on families. Even if they may not agree with all you do, they will see that your family, that your family is different. We live in an unbelieving, increasingly secular culture here in America. And I want you to know something. They are watching us. They are looking at the families in the church and asking, what difference does the gospel make? How, you, how are you any different than we are? They're looking at the families of the church. They're watching these Christian families and asking, what difference does the gospel really make for your family and how are you really any different than we are so moms we want to show them a gospel we want to show them a gospel that is so appealing that is so attractive that they will be drawn to it. We want to show them a gospel that is so appealing and so attractive that we will want to take this gospel to the farthest reaches of the world. We will want every mother in every people group, in every unreached people group, to know about Jesus because we want him to be 
beautiful and his gospel to be attractive by the way those moms raise their families. We're going to close with the song, The Lord is My Salvation, because undergirding everything you do, everything you do as a mom, is your salvation in Christ. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for all the mothers who are here this morning. I praise you for them. May you encourage them and strengthen them in the labors that they are about every single day of their lives. Help them to love Jesus with such a passionate love that they want to obey him and to honor him and to please him no matter how difficult the commands may be. For we ask these things in his name. Amen.